before we get started with today's show, I want to remind everyone that we have a Patreon page. And on that note, I want to welcome our very first patrons, Olivia Siemens' mom, Paula Soul, and our newest patron, Michael Yant. Thank you for supporting our show. For everyone else, you can go to patreon.com slash burn it down and you can help show support and help us put out more quality content. And you'll get a free shout out in the beginning of the show by yours truly, Jay Hezekiah. Thanks a lot, guys. I want to dedicate this joint right here to Jonathan Jackson and George Jackson. Peace to those brothers. I want to shout out my man Sharon the Worm. 80 years. Come on, nigga. American flag and sent three cracking Nazis to hell and I'm sad. Uh, Hello and welcome to the Burn It Down Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Hezekiah, along with my co-host, Olivia Seaman. Say hello, Liv. Hello. And Jose Roxas. Say hello. What's going on, guys? Uh, today we have our friend Kyle. Kyle, would you... Tell us a little about yourself. Introduce yourself, who you are, where you're, where you're from, what you do for a living. Yeah, so my name's uh, Kyle Beatty. I'm 31 years old. I was uh, born and raised in Birdsboro, Pennsylvania, which is a pretty small town about an hour west of Philly. Uh, I have an amazing wife and two beautiful children. Uh, I've worked a multitude of jobs, everything from you know stocking a grocery store at nighttime to you know lawn care, postal service, pretty much everything under the sun until I ultimately joined the army at age 25. I spent about six years in the special operations community within the army, um, achieved the rank of staff sergeant. I have a few combat deployments and training missions uh, with my unit. Um, Yeah, and that's basically about a short summary of who I am and where I'm from. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so what would you say uh, your political leanings are? So I would identify as uh, Republican, uh, more specifically Libertarian Republican. Mm-hmm. But I have uh, I have uh, viewpoints, you know, that span across both parts of the aisle. It's just primarily uh, Libertarian Republican. Mm-hmm. Jose, uh, go ahead. You have any questions? Yeah. So, um, big reason why I brought you on the show, Kyle, is um, a couple weeks ago, we, uh, Jay and myself, and Liv, were kind of talking about where the Republican Party is. I mean, a lot has changed since Trump has left office, um, and more specifically, uh, even when he was leaving office, what was occurring, uh, i.e. the Capitol attack, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And so the big question that kind of came up was, uh, how can people possibly vote for this man? Or how did people vote for this man in the first place? And my initial uh, thought was, I have to ask you this question. This question, I, I feel like you can flesh out better than anyone else. Um, and yeah, I really, I'm just curious. Well, why did you vote for him in 20? Uh, not, not you don't know. So, so forgive me. It was 2016 when you voted for him, correct? Or the 2020? 
So, yeah, so I, I mean, I was going to vote for him in 2016. There was a little bit of an issue with me uh, registering at absentee, but I, I definitely supported him in 2016. And I guess how, how I became a Trump supporter, you know, you have to go back to when I first got into politics. I didn't previously have, uh, a, you know, a hobby or an interest in politics at all until about 2014, 2015, about a year prior to joining the military. And uh, I, I, I didn't get to see a lot uh, being at basic training when this all started. Um, and when I got out of it, you know, we still had we were in training and I had very limited uh, time to view the media. Um, and I kept seeing, you know, the guy from The Apprentice, the billionaire, who uh, was pretty much being mocked and ridiculed in the media. And I kind of thought it was uh, a joke, like I think most people probably thought. Uh, and it wasn't until I saw a, like a Trump rally on television where a lot of things he said resonated with me, you know, like border security, improving and restructuring the military. Uh, he defended First and Second Amendment rights. Um, he wanted to address, you know, issues within the VA. Um, he had a whole bunch of, um, you know, ideals and things he said that I thought really were pretty logical. You know, uh, bringing manufacturing back to the U.S. Uh, stuff along those lines that I just really sat well with me, most especially the national security type issues. And uh, you know, I watched that whole rally, and then I saw, like I said, I saw the media kind of pick it apart the same way they've been, you know, the same way I've seen previously when I kind of was like, this is a joke. Uh, and I really started to pay attention to Trump and realize that like not necessarily everything I'm seeing in the media is an accurate portrayal of the guy. And I, I a lot, like I said, a lot of his uh, policy, I've just identified as common sense. Obviously he's a bit of a, he's a large uh, character and not everything he says I agree with, but policy wise, I think, a, you know, a lot of the stuff I just felt was good for the country. Mm -hmm. And if I may, like it was if I, uh, one of those things that um, we discussed a little bit. Um, it was kind of the combination of that your opinion of Clinton was pretty trash as well. Like you didn't think that she was ready for it. You weren't a big uh, defender of her, if I may be so bold. Yeah, that's that's 100 percent correct. You know, like I mean. And I mean, even if you remember discussions we had back at the time, I was very apprehensive about Trump. You know, again, a lot of the stuff he said resonated with me, but uh, I was pretty skeptical if he was an actual Republican. Uh, I mean, he's a lifelong Democrat, Democrat donor. Um, so it, it came down to like, you know, in my opinion at the time, what is going on? Um, and just watching, just watching it was like, I definitely don't want Hillary. But I'm nervous this guy's not going to be really my guy, you know. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I have to say, like, I've, you know, I was pleasantly surprised with a lot of his policy. Uh, you know, did he drain the swamp? No, of course not. Did Mexico pay for a wall? Not you even know, close. Not even <laughs> close. Yeah, like, I mean, I don't think, I don't know if, the, I don't know any Republicans that actually thought that was a thing. I'm sure they're out there. But, uh it, it was just kind of like one of those ridiculous statements, which also, you know, rightfully so, allowed me to be skeptical even, on some of his claims. Uh, even but, the uh, lock Hillary up claims, I mean, I feel like that was another one that just got the crowds, specifically at the rallies, riled up into a tizzy. Um, that was, com that, I mean, forgive me, but she's very much walking the, the free earth, uh, doing whatever the heck she wants. Yeah, Hillary, as far as I'm concerned, still isn't in prison. Uh, that's probably like, uh, yeah, that's true. I mean, there was definitely stuff he said. 
um, that I think it was, at the time was even obvious that like this is sort of pandering or whatnot. Um, and I, I, you know, I didn't really believe that stuff would pull through. And a lot that that makes you question then what is he going to do? But I mean, he bragged, he boasted that he would have like this large economic success. And even like Barack Obama came out and was like, look, you could never get the economy to this level. And, you know, I can't do it. So Trump certainly can't do it. And then Trump actually, you know, su surpassed his expectations for himself and, you know, got our economy an all time high, you know, record low unemployment for all groups, uh, record high median income for all groups. You know, yeah, well, all that started on the Obama administration, though. So, I mean, that's not just him. Uh, I, yeah, I've heard that argument before. And, you know, to uh, and I tend to, you know, to disagree with it. And, you know, to call out Trump, I, I don't know if you noticed, but on Trump's way out the door, he said, like, we've set this country up for a large amount of success. So Obama uh, or Biden should have a great amount of success because of us, you know, but Trump criticized Obama when Obama tried to take credit. Uh, but you have to recognize also that even Barack Obama said, you can't get the economy to this level, and it was surpassed. All right. Well, I'm I'm no fan of Obama, so I, I mean I'm yeah, not I'm sure. A, I'm not sure. really here to defend the guy. I'm just telling you. <laughs> right. I'm just yeah. telling you the things that, that you're saying about the unemployment and the the stock market and all that. You know, you know, when people say the economy is good, they're talking about the stock market. They're not actually talking about you know actual working people. Actual working people have been struggling since Obama. They've been struggling through Trump. They struggled through Obama. They struggled through Bush, Clinton. Every administration has been fucking the working class for the last forty some years. Yeah, but, I, don't, I mean, I don't, I don't care about none of that. But right, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm not I, here I, to defend Obama. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with that assertion. Um, that people have been struggling for my whole lifetime, anyway. Um, but you know, I, yes, you're right. A lot of people look at the stock market when they say, oh, the economy is great, you know? Um, but you know, there are people that have like 401ks in the stock market. You know, the stock market does play a, at least a I part. I have a 401k too. I, I, I know. Yeah. So it, it does play at least a part. Although, you know, to be fair to your point, you know, we're not Warren Buffett. We don't have billions of dollars in the stock market. We have a cush fund. Uh, but also, like, I mean, the record low unemployment and, you know, median income increases. What, what, kind, what kind of unemployment, though? A lot of people were still working two and three jobs to survive. Yeah. That's one of the things that popped out to me because uh, the majority of the people that are my friends have been working, like, at least, like, the last, uh, what do you want to call it, like, eight, ten years? Like, multiple jobs. Multiple yeah, jobs, yeah. like, four hours of sleep. And like they don't, they don't get like healthcare benefits. Like these people are working like multiple, like part-time jobs trying to get by. Yeah, yeah, and I and I've been there. I, I you know, I've seen that too. I used to work when my when my wife first got pregnant. You know, uh, I was working full-time jobs at both a restaurant and lawn care. I, I and I understand that you know that aspect of it. Um, but just like, look, he promised to bring manufacturing jobs back to the U.S. and he did bring a lot of them. Uh, there's three times as many jobs were created uh, than experts predicted would happen. 
there's five times the wage increase. And again, you're not an Obama supporter, but I'm just, try, you know, I have nothing else to compare him to besides the previous administration, you know? And I'm not an anti-Obama guy. I thought the guy, ha there was a lot of good things I agree with. For I Obama, am. You know? <laughs> and, well, yeah, I am most of us. Something too about the manufacturing, because I haven't really seen that happen. I've been working in manufacturing and working as a machinist for about seven years. And I find that a lot of jobs are moving south to escape unions and stuff like that. So my sister was recently put out of work at a company we both worked at because they're moving south to try to dodge like union shit. And I know, understand that like, some companies are trying to like compete with the unions and try to keep us from unionizing. But I'm, I'm still trying to figure out like why, as you know, my sister's a welder and I'm a machinist. Why, like, I, I, I certainly, certainly have not seen any kind of benefit personally. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's that's very believable. I mean, there's seven million. There was seven million new jobs created, right? And there's 338 million, I believe, people in the country. So it's like, yeah. I mean, how big is seven million? Uh, but it, it is a growth, and it is bringing money that was previously used elsewhere uh, to the United States. So it, it is an improvement. Uh, sure, like not everyone might feel that. You know, seven million people is a small percentage of the population. Um, you know, but he also did he also did uh, tax cuts, which I know aren't a very popular thing because, you know, admittedly, corporations and billions. I'm yeah. sorry. No, you you just you just about to say it's all right. I jumped the gun. Yeah. So yeah, of, of course, corporations and billionaires saved a lot of money, but also average American households saved four thousand dollars. There was uh, the if you had children, if you're if you're a married couple, not even with children, if you're a married couple, you didn't pay any taxes on anything prior to twenty four thousand uh, dollars. Doubled the child tax credit. Um, he virtually eliminated the estate tax. Uh, so people that you know don't come from a lot of money, when their parents die, they don't have to pay a large tax on basically for their parents passing away. Um, he replaced NAFTA uh, with the U.S.-Mexican-Canada uh, agreement, uh, which you, you, you do you do know those tax cuts for the for the uh, the working families. You do know those are about to go back up, right? That was only temporary. You yeah, do know I'm, those are about to go back up, right? Uh, um, yeah, I'm I'm sure that the tax cuts for the working families are all about. I'm sure all taxes are about to go back up. Uh, well, well, yes. But I'm saying he, he did that on purpose. It was never supposed to last like that. Where if you give tax cuts to the richest people, that means that means the little man is eventually gonna have to pay that. So he fucked everybody. I hope I hope y'all y'all listeners at home, I hope y'all know this. He fucked everybody by doing it. It's the same thing Republicans do every time they're in office. Go ahead. All right, so yeah, continue on. Like I said, I'm I'm, I'm not trying to get into a debate. I'm just trying to you know express my viewpoints here. But um, it's fine. I'm sorry. I'm sorry no, to interrupt. Oh ahead. no, you're fine. You're fine. It's your it's your platform. Whatever you want to talk about, we can discuss. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, but yeah, that by replacing NAFTA, it basically allowed more protection for U.S. manufacturing and the auto industry and agriculture. And again, not everyone in the country is going to feel that. You know, these things are incremental. You know, seven million new jobs in manufacturing that's it sounds it's it's a good number it's a good starting point but it it's not going to be felt by everyone in the manufacturing industry and it'll it does eliminate outsourcing to a certain degree um and it, it they also incentivize it uh incentivize you know buying us and using manufacturing within the us 
uh, increased our exportation, increased production. Um, and it's expected to, it was expected to generate anywhere from like, I think 60 to $100 billion over 10 years if, you know, if the policy stands, which there's no telling if it will stand, but that was the intention behind the policy. Um, you know, other other things I, I just generally liked about him, uh, you know, I thought he had a strong foreign policy, um, you know, and every everything in foreign policy is debatable, but I thought he handled the North Korea situation well, China well, Iran well, moving the embassy to Israel uh, is something that every president in my lifetime has said they would do, and he said he would do it, and he did it. Can I ask you a question? Uh, go ahead. The Israel thing. Why? Like, who cares? Yeah, so uh, I think that's more of a... You, I, I believe you said the Israel thing. You kind of broke up for a second, but I... The, the Israel thing, yeah. Who? Why is that a thing? I, I, I can't for the life of me figure that out. Why, why do people care about that? Yeah, so it, I think it's important to recognize Israel because they, they consider that their capital. And it's the U.S. just recognizing Who, who is it. they? Israel. Yeah, that's kind of the whole debate. Yeah, so uh, this is a tricky one to really um, to answer in too much detail, I guess, right now. But uh, I, I'd, I'd love to come on and talk about this in the future. But uh, it's been I can what I can say is it's been a promised uh, thing longer, much longer than I've been alive, and uh, every president has promised they were going to move the embassy to Israel to recognize it as the capital and Donald Trump did it and no one else has delivered on that promise and it, it if I may I, yep. I think Jay's more asking like why does okay, it matter so that yes yeah why does it matter I, I, I don't yeah. think it matters at all this is America this isn't Israel I don't I don't give a damn about Israel I really don't Okay, and I, I yeah, I get that. I get that. I just think as a foreign policy thing, it's uh, you know, it's how people deliver on their promises with you know foreign governments. And if everyone makes the promise every year and only one guy delivers, it shows that you know he's willing to come to the table and uphold his promise. Uh, as far as like you as a U.S. citizen, it probably doesn't have too much impact, with the exception of maybe if you're you know. You know, Orthodox Jewish or something like that, and you I, see this. Again, a, again I, I have to interject. I don't think I don't think we should have anything to do. Like it's it's nothing but pandering, first of all. And and don't even get me started. I hate pandering mm-hmm. more than most people. It's it's pandering. Like I I really don't I, I really don't think that matters at all. Like oh he 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 moved the embassy. Okay, good for Israel. <laughs> like that's not doing nothing for me. It's it's really not. And I'm not even talking about just me. I'm talking about the collective me, the people who live here in America. Like what are we getting out of that? We're spending more money overseas. That's what we're doing. We we spend so much money in, in Israel already. Yeah. And now we send even more money over there. Yeah, yeah sure. Many, it just don't make any kids, sense. How many kids in America experience like food insecurity? Like it's it's like what one in five or something like that is one in four. What is it like? Like how how does that do anything specifically for the American people? Sure, I I understand the um, 
I guess, the questioning of how it directly impacts an American. And I guess it's a in a really subtle way. It does on the uh, foreign policy standpoint. But, um, but also I, on the foreign policy standpoint, I also wondered, too, because what my understanding was is that, like, our um, us being friends with Israel to the the degree that we are is something that actually uh, has negative impact on our foreign policy with like the Arab world. So I'd love to, I'd love to speak on this again. That's just one of these things I can't talk about at this time. Uh, you well, know, I mean, it's like it's, somebody that was watching the news or somebody like I mean, it doesn't have to be completely like personal, but like I mean, like just any you know somebody's yeah, more yeah. the past twenty years. It's more because it's not so much like. Um, it's like actually something he just sent me not too long ago. It's like actual legal um, things he cannot speak about as far as like being I perceived. Yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, I'd love to get into this discussion, uh, you know, at a later date. Because yeah, I mean, it, maybe you can help me out here. Because I really, I really, for the life of me, do not understand why we keep doing this to ourselves. It's just, it just seems like we're losing out in every way. By, by back in Israel, I just I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. And people people say to me it's because it's because of Jews and all this. But I'm like, yo, I mean Israel is a is a sovereign nation. They can take care of themselves. I'm, I'm just saying. I, I mean, I, why do they need us to spend to spend American lives and 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 capital and buying all these weapons to fight wars? For, uh, for another country like it, it just doesn't mean we don't do this for any other country but them it just I, doesn't make any sense to me i i get your uh, i get your criticism and i really do wish uh i think we could have a great conversation on this and i wish i could like dive into why i have these opinions mm -hmm. more um and may maybe you know if you guys would be kind enough to have me back in the future maybe we'll do that or even yeah. if you just want to talk offline sometime and just have this discussion, I'd, I'd be more than happy to do that with you. It's just like, yeah, I, I really just don't feel too comfortable diving into my opinions on this topic. That's uh, fine. That's fine. Uh, we, uh, we can move on. We can move on. Thank, okay. thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So if it, if it may, moving on a little bit um, and getting into something like I think we'll like cover a lot of the discussion as far as everything. Because that's actually what like kind of keyed this whole idea in the first place was like given like what really sparked the idea was given what happened at the Capitol this past month um yeah we kind of sat and all scratched our heads collectively as progressives and like what what are these republicans doing what are these conservatives doing who like these republican officials who have stoked these fires um these Republican officials who still refuse to uh, condemn such actions, even as they had to be escorted and evacuated out of the Capitol building. Um, they, they, like the conversation always comes to like, like what, is, what is, what are these people doing? Like, like where is this going? Because, if I may, it's especially like the week of the Capitol attack. Um, we were all kind of sitting there, just like dumbfounded. Yeah, so uh, I guess maybe elaborate on what you're asking. Like, why were the people charging the Capitol? Or, like, where, uh, what is Wait, the party the going to be? I think it's a, two, a little bit of a two-four. It's like, where is this party going that's be that believes in these things? And, 
like the causation of these these things actually okay so uh first off i want to start by saying like myself most republicans i know um and the majority of appointed officials like i absolutely condemn you know the capital riots uh if you go back to like the narrative of of election fraud in general um does election fraud happen yeah it does it, it happens every election uh did it happen this last one almost certainly i've seen evidence of it did election fraud steal the election no not from what i've saw you know i did not see any evidence that you know several hundred thousand votes across several states uh stole the election for democrats uh and you know obviously that's the narrative that got these people uh to the point that they were like we got to take our country back or whatnot i i think anybody that was at that riot that you know stormed the capitol i think they should be identified i think they should be prosecuted uh there i don't have any sympathy in my heart for anybody who riots commits arson commits acts of violence um there's not really a logical reason they did what they did you know uh i didn't support antifa in the summertime and i certainly don't support you know republicans when they do it uh it's just you know it's it's uh it's inexcusable behavior really um as far as where the party's moving as far as like appointed officials it's it's pretty it's a pretty interesting question and uh I said, I, I, I think the Republican Party will ultimately go where the where the voters want it to go. You know, it's in their hands right now. Um, we are witnessing a very splintered and fractured party in both uh, representation and the constituents. You have Trump loyalists and those seeking to move on from Trump, you know. And I think that's evident in what we're seeing unfold now. Um, there's no question that like Trump drove a record number of people to the booths. Uh, on both sides of the aisle and uh, to political discourse in general. Uh, and, you know, there's no doubt that a large majority of the party, the voters within the party are Trump supporters. So I guess the question is like, where will we go from here? And it's hard to say, you know, will the voters feel disenfranchised in some way now that Trump is out of office? You know, I don't know the answer to that. I certainly hope not, but it's definitely a concern. And I think any Republican running for office should be concerned for all Republicans. Uh, right now, strategically speaking, the Republican Party, I think, needs to like refocus, reconsolidate, reorganize, stop looking at the past and start strategizing to go on offense for a win in the future. We got midterm elections coming up. Uh, they're going to come up a lot faster than people think. And where everyone's mind should be, should be uh, Republicans aren't likely to take back the seat, the seats in the Senate. You know, there's very few uh, Democrats going on defense in the Senate. So we need to focus on the House and we need to have the same turnout Dems saw in 2018. Um, and I think that's the best case scenario for Republicans right now. And the party could go that route. It seems the most likely, strategically speaking. Well, I, I got good news for you. You're probably going to win the House because the Democrats are fumbling the bag. Yeah. Yeah. I, They're I, fucking I, up. So, you know. Yeah, and I, I, do, I do think that's pretty likely as long as the uh, Republican Party doesn't eat itself alive. I think that's, like I said, I think that's the best case scenario. And I think we could go that route. And it seems the most like, like likely, strategically speaking. 
Um, and honestly, I think it's the best for everyone. I don't think one single party, Republican or Democrat, should have complete control over every branch of government. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think it would be nice to see, uh, at least to get our, you know, get our feet in the door of that house and have some power within one of the branches of government. Uh, but we're definitely not going to get the Senate. It just, I mean, I can't say definitely, but it doesn't seem likely to get the Senate. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Uh, what do you think it means to be a, Repu a Republican? What, what are your core values? Um, good. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good question. So, um, like I said earlier, for me, I have uh, values that cross both party lines. And I, I really am tied into the Republican Party based off of certain like uncompromising principles, such as like protection of Second Amendment rights and, uh, you know, obviously First Amendment rights as well. Um, I'm, I'm pro-life. That's that's another thing that seems to be more uh, Republican. But I have uh, basically as a libertarian Republican, I'm for freedom economically, uh, free market capitalism. Um, but I want a socially small government. I you know, I don't support government having say in social issues, which is more of a uh, diehard conservative question. viewpoint. Can I ask yeah. you a question about that? So with social issues, so you say you're pro-life. So mm -hmm. how, how, if you're for less government in a certain sense, how are you okay with talking about women's health care? Like, I want to know how that ties into that. How does sure. it tie into less government? Yeah, so uh, the current, uh, political dynamic on abortion is more government. Uh, Roe versus Wade essentially decided that um, under privacy in the Constitution, a woman has the right to abortion. Um, but you know that every woman that gets an abortion pays for it out of pocket. Sure, yeah. Uh, I mean, so what, to be fair, to, there? to be fair, uh, there are plenty of Democrats trying to change that. Uh, and no, it's the... I'm not asking about Democrats. I'm asking how this ties into your belief with like uh, socialist views and less government. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm getting there. So uh, basically how the current Supreme Court standing precedent works is no state government is allowed to decide if they can or cannot have abortion, which would allow the uh, individual states to vote on representation that represents the people, how the people see fit. That's what our founding fathers set up. That's what I support. And the current precedent is uh, the federal government, big government, controls the state's free choice, which is not something the Constitution... Um, okay, but what about the individual's future free, free choice? So, yeah, so the I don't give a damn about the state. I don't care about the state. The state is the government. What about the individual? Yeah, Doesn't so, the individual have a say in what, what they can or cannot do with their own bodies? Uh, yeah, absolutely. But that say comes through voting. Uh, for I'm just saying, if you pro-life, just don't get an abortion. That's that's all I'm saying. Just don't get an abortion. And I mean, if you're not going to get an abortion, you personally, I want to congratulate you for being the first man I've ever met to ever yeah. get pregnant. I was just going to say, I was going to say, I don't think I have the option. I'm just but, saying, um, man, you, you can't get an abortion anyway. So I, I, I'm just saying, if you don't believe in it, just don't get one. Yeah. So, uh, again, being small, Problem solved. I, I think I think that was along the initial that was in line with the initial question. You know, how does small government tie into pro-life? Uh, mm -hmm. But it ties in because big government, the federal government, 
is telling states they can't individually choose. And you asked, how is your how where is your individuality essentially in this process? Because state government's still government. But again, like I, I tend to follow you know a lot in the Constitution. You you may not agree with it, you know, um, but you know it is in line with the Constitution to state individuals vote within their state. They elect representation who they want to create policy on their behalf. That's where the individuals come in. And the states should have the ability to choose their own laws. The federal government uh, shouldn't overrule all the states and say, we're going to do this, especially when the Constitution grants everyone the right to life. It, you want to know something? Opinion. You want to know something, man? I'm a Absolutely. black man. I'm a black man, so I don't give a damn about the Constitution, bro. I really do not. In the Constitution, it says I'm three-fifths of a person. So I really can give a fuck <laughs> about the Constitution. I, I'm sorry to say it like that. I'm just keeping it real, 100% with you. I really don't give a damn about the Constitution. I, I wipe my ass with that whole document. Yeah, I think I don't mean a... to be disrespectful. I'm just keeping it 100 with you. I mean, you're not being disrespectful to me by any means, you know. Um, and you know, like I said, it's your platform. You can say whatever you want to say, you know. Uh, but. Uh, you know, I, I do respect the Constitution for the values it outlines and basically, you know, for setting up all the systems we have in our country today. Is it perfect? Absolutely not. It wouldn't. That, but that's why the founding fathers put the amendment process. Okay, in there. so. So, all right. I'm going to ask you this. Say all say you live in a state that outlaws abortion, right? Mm -hmm. So what do you want those women to do? Just have, have they rapist baby? Okay. That's that's, yeah, that's a great question. That's a great question. I think there's a large misconception um, about like what the where the law was prior to Roe vs. Wade. Uh, there were a few states, very few, who like flat out outlawed abortion. But even at the time Roe vs. Wade passed, almost every state allowed for abortion in extreme life circumstances or rape. Uh, and extreme life circumstances included like even depression. It included like if a woman. Uh, you know, was going to go through like a hardship, a mental hardship, even not just a physical risk to her body, but a mental risk that she might not be able to handle the child. She could still get an abortion before a certain point. Um, so again, like I'm not strongly advocating that like a, an abolishment of Roe vs. Wade wouldn't mean no female can get an abortion. Uh, an abolishment of Roe vs. Wade would simply mean that states can choose and I find it hard to believe that a state would choose to go back to something that was, you know, uh, more archaic than what was going on in the 70s. I think um, you're being naive, man, because there's bills out there right now. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, that are in, I mean, in I mean, southern like, states that are basically trying to ban like, abortion. Yeah, so the restrictions, like even with like certain medical professional, like actual like medical doctors, would be like OBGYNs performing. Um, an actual birth and saying like if you go through with this birth and that's what some something that like that i find might be bold i think if we talked about this a couple times my aunt was a former age obgyn and the idea in her mind that she would be forced to bring to term a, a a pregnancy that she knows for a medical fact is going to not only kill the mother but the child in question is literally like that that goes against what triage is all about 
like where like that's the whole point of triage is you making those tough decisions like amongst other doctors and like listen this person is going to die what do we do always go ahead and let them die no we figure those things out we decide like other things like that's what like that's how those medical decisions are made yeah um and that's where like in her greatest fear um but she's also lives in california so that's very unlikely to happen out there but her greatest fear is that more things will happen across other states where then like you have almost and sounds almost insane but almost like and in and, and some ways like i don't know another word to use for it but sanctuaries like where this is where you like a medical doctor can perform a medical procedure to not only save your life but like even if it was a, a full term like pregnancy there's so many difficulties beyond like like just excuse me it's just like a normal pregnancy like there's so many things that can happen during the pregnancy before the pregnancy that like can like just like okay this is no longer a viable pregnancy and this that that is just how those things are yeah 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 like like i like i've had friends that uh they're they basically um their body completely rejected the baby um in late-term pregnancy and it was like a choice like do you want the mama to live or do you want to take a risk that like take a chance that maybe this baby might live and I know I've had friends that, you know, like, uh, they've had to have uh, DNC because, you know, they're five months along and, hey, this baby's not going to be born with a brain. And uh, I don't know if anyone's ever uh, seen anything or heard anything about the women that have to carry uh, into this world uh, and go through labor for a baby that ain't going to survive a couple minutes. But the idea of putting somebody through that uh, is just absolutely completely fucking lost on me yeah and that's what happens to the babies after they're born let's say all these babies get to be born let's say they're, they're born of rape let's say they can't prove the rape because i mean like you can't prove rape uh you know just you know like how many how i have so many friends that were raped and i don't have any friends that were actually were able to like take that to court and shit so i'm, I'm wondering okay so uh visitation how does that work with the rapists like because there's laws in these states where these women have these babies uh to their rapists and their rapist now has rights to that child so like i'm just curious how like this is a very complex issue i'm curious how you think that plays out and do you really think that a state uh can have the right to make a woman that was raped you know maybe even like uh you know underage like but their rapists can see that baby like is that what you're for like i mean where's the empathy i mean yeah. where's the understanding so uh first i mean there was a lot said there uh i'm gonna try to address everything uh but i gotta back up a little bit here to uh, what you're talking about about when you said that i was being naive because states have outright full-on abortion like laws where no one can get an abortion under any circumstance and I mean, the lawmakers said as much as this, the only reason they made that law was to be able to challenge Roe versus Wade in the Supreme Court. It was to create a new precedent. It wasn't to actually enact that law. That was literally said when these laws were presented. So it's not actually that they were trying to achieve that outcome. And in fact, that, that state has never had that as a law since like the 1900s. Can so, I respond to that? Can I, absolutely, can I yeah. To that? Yeah. Okay, but when you, I, I understand that's why. Like, I'm not an idiot. Like, I understand that's why. But what I'm saying is, these people who vote for those politicians expect that to happen. They expect people to 
they expect their elected leaders to outright ban abortion. That's what they want. These evangelicals who vote Republican, that's what they want. And so, that's what I'm saying. Like you can't you can't have these people chopping at the bit for this and just not think, you know what I mean? Like how could you not be afraid that that would happen? How? So to to address that, I think I can address that and then roll right into uh, everything Liv was talking about. Um, so are are there probably some like super religious zealots out there who absolutely don't want abortion under any circumstances even if like Liv said the baby's born with like no brain tissue or anything you know I'm sure they exist out there but I'm also quite certain it's a minority of even the Republican Party uh, almost everyone I associate with is Republican and I we and we uh, have the same thing uh, with the same viewpoints on this um, which is if you're raped you shouldn't be told to, that you have to have that kid and i don't think it should be a court a court proven rape how long would that court case even take you know that court case would probably take longer than it takes for the till the baby's born so no it should be like you file a complaint with, with a and yeah women could lie theoretically but i don't think women would um you can file a complaint with the police department to an extent because um you talk about this like a minority but like i can tell you that my father-in-law is is not any kind of radical republican minority but he is completely pro-life and there's a lot of centers that are completely pro-life and i just i just don't understand why like this is being pushed off to the side because i think this is um even with like liberal guys like this is just you know if you're pro-life like <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I don't there, think there's true. people who vote who vote Democrat who are pro-life. So, yeah, I'm yeah. just saying, I, I, there's a lot of people out here who just want to flat out ban abortion. Like, there's yeah. a lot, and it's just, and some of these people are winning office. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and I'm sure there are uh, people out there, like I said, who want to ban it outright for whatever reason they have. But again, I think you guys. Um, are bringing me on here just to discuss like my point of views mm -hmm. um and i don't i i i mean statistically speaking there's plenty of statistics you a uh, great spot to get like it's a pro-choice organization it's called the Guttmacher institute and they have plenty of data on basically how people feel about abortion why people get abortion and they are strong advocates uh for pro-choice so it's like a, a good uh, non-republican source to get data and the overwhelming majority of even like voters in general, Republican and Democrat, are pro-choice. I mean, so the, we're already in a minority, and then a very small minority of pro-life people um, advocate for absolutely no abortion. So I mean, just the data backs up that it's a very small minority of people. Whether it's somebody that's otherwise, I mean, and like you said, it could be a liberal, it could be uh, conservative, but. There's a very small minority. I mean, just the data is representing that alone. Uh, but besides that, my personal point of view, uh, if you're raped, like, no, like, yeah, you didn't do anything to conceive that child. You got raped, you know? We, yes, I feel like we need to protect uh, the child's right to life, but at not at the expense of your rights. So if there's an infringement on your rights, you should have the option to have an abortion. If your life's you define rape too what's that i'm curious how you define rape and i'm also curious about um 
your definition of when a woman uh, is required to carry through with the pregnancy. So, uh, I mean, I would, I would define rape as if a woman uh, has any sort of, I mean, obviously rape, beside, there's rape that's not even, you know, sexual penetration. So just rape in the terms of uh, where abortion matters, anytime a woman has sex against her will, obviously. Uh, would, How about a situation where a woman is in a loving relationship and the guy decides um, or accidentally makes a mistake and she becomes pregnant? What do you think there? So if if you're saying, yeah, uh, like, a, like a pretty much a volatile, like cancerous oh, relationship where the... Where the not even volatile, maybe just an accident. Does she have to carry through with that pregnancy? So uh, if it's an accident and not a rape, Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think so. If if it's a rape, as in like this dude's trying to keep this girl here because, uh, and he thinks a baby will do that, yeah, that's rape. Even if they're in a consensual adult relationship, if he pokes a hole in the condom or something like that, why shouldn't that be constant? Uh, you know, defined as that. So you're saying even if like, um, so you're defining even uh, maybe an accident um is defined as rape or no not an accident not an accident if if there's an intentional act or you know like i mean and it happens actually uh people will you know in women uh, on on purpose deceptively and yeah I, i mean i think that is included in the in grounds that you could be able to get an abortion yes i support that in that circumstances the woman again she has rights her rights have to be protected um, but if her rights aren't being violated, the child's rights also have to be protected. The child. Correct. And if you, I mean, if you look at it, and I, I think I get where you're going with the, um, the last, the last little comment there. Uh, if the, if the child, right, if you look at the current law, legally speaking, if someone were to assault a pregnant woman and she loses the baby, that person's tried for murder because that baby is considered a life. But at the same point in gestation, if the mother chooses to terminate the baby, it's not considered a life, you know? And uh, again, this is just, you know, this is just my opinion I'm talking about. To be honest with you, I find it very hard to believe Roe vs. Wade will ever get overturned. Um, I'm just saying, you know, my personal views and my personal opinion. Uh, well, but- I agree with you there. I think the Roe versus Wade thing is just a thing that Democrats use to try to get people to vote for them. <laughs> I think both sides do that as well. It's a way like, I, and even like Jay and we've discussed it before is like things that I don't think even should be political or politicized because it is for cheap votes. It's like it's it's such a it's 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 become a political thing that shouldn't have been a political thing in the first place because. Now all, these, all Democrats to do is like, I will make sure Roe versus Ray is never returned. Oh yes, all my votes. It's like, well, and, and the same thing with Republicans who are just like, I will make sure that we, like, I will spend every waking moment of my political career of re, like, like overturning Roe versus Wade, and like, and this, this, like, we're bogging ourselves down with political battles that literally, like, like. If I may be so bold, as much as like it sounds like we had a lot of discourse, and I'm kind of listening to all of this and kind of like taking it all in. Um, uh, but essentially, it, I can ultimately say that, Mark, if I, if, if I correct me if I'm wrong at any point, you believe it should eventually just come boil down to like a state-to-state issue and leave it at that. It should never correct. be a federal thing. 
it should never be like a, a across across this like across the country wide like no matter what it is like that's what it is like even if it, if even if reverse 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 Wade or if you leave Roe versus Wade like in your personal opinion is basically it should be a state by state thing right and and I think I I mean the majority of uh, laws I view that way uh, for instance like a lot of Democrats like to advocate today for semi-automatic weapons bans. That shouldn't be a federal thing. That should be a state issue. Uh, legalization of marijuana should be a state issue. The federal government should have no choice in the matter. Uh, abortion should be a state issue. Um, and uh, like, even if it was a state issue, uh, I find it very hard to believe that uh, any states would flat out outlaw abortion in any uh, circumstances. But again, that's just my opinion. Mm. All right, yeah. let's, 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 let's move on. Oh, Liv, you have something to say about So if it's state by state, right, well, surely it doesn't represent the entire population. But, like, if you're talking about poor people, like, it's next to impossible to, like, move to the next state over. Like, to what, leave what jobs they have. Like, so, you know, why the... I, I'm just curious about, you know, the effects that, like, an anti-abortion thing would have on one particular state. Well, first off, it's not going to support all the people. And I think that if women need health care, like... It's, I mean, first off, you gotta pay for it out of pocket. Second off, like, I, I, poor people can just, like, pick up and leave. I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just wondering that why, like, if we do state by state, how does that represent that everybody in that state is for that and can, has the ability to leave? I, I'm, I'm just wondering how that somehow, uh, like, good? I mean, so, uh, to be honest, obviously, everyone wouldn't have the ability to leave uh and obviously it can't represent everyone it would just have to represent the majority uh, you know everyone can vote uh that's a citizen anyway anyone can vote so uh everyone can make their voice heard uh the the crux of the matter i guess is um it's totally unconstitutional for the federal government to basically mandate what states can and cannot do unless a state is trying to overrule something which was outright defined in the constitution um and you know th and that's why i have that issue with uh like the second amendment having those same issues with people trying to ban semi-automatic weapons federally that's, or, that's something i agree with I, I agree with i just you know banning guns nah i'm good yeah i'm good yeah. on that because the other, because the people who want to kill me got guns, so I'm gonna have a gun. Yeah, that's right. I mean, people, you know, people are often <laughs> against it, and it's like, what happens when you're when the opposition is the ones that are, you know, kicking in the doors, you know? So mm -hmm. I think everybody should defend themselves. Um, and ultimately, like I said, it, most of these things come down to states' rights, and the states, you got to keep the power away from the federal government. That's, I mean, in my opinion. And I think in the Constitution's opinion, I think there's a balance there. I, I, I really, I really don't, I really don't trust a lot of states. <laughs> so yeah, well, I, a lot of states shouldn't be states, but like, I just, I, I just don't, I just don't respect a lot of, or or uh, believe in, you know, what I mean, a lot of people, you know, just governing themselves because a lot of these. A lot of these state officials are idiots, man. I'm just keeping it real. Like, they fucking dumb. Yeah, so and I a mean, lot of these people who vote for them are dumb, too. So I'm just saying, there's a balance to be had. I'm sorry. I think you should have your guns and you should have your abortions. 
Like, but like the, the state rights, how does that take precedence over uh, the individual? And like, especially like, you know, you said you're a libertarian or leaning that way. Like, I mean, isn't that all about like individual kind of rights? Uh, libertarians are about social, social restriction from the government, right? So this, the, the federal government restricting the state governments is unconstitutional. We're still constitutionalists at heart. Um, and the federal government taking control of the states, the individual has their power in state elections, but they, they start to lose that power and it's very hard for them to get it back once you grant that power to the federal government. Um, but, and I think the constitution is very well thought out. We can amend everything in the constitution. We can sit down and discuss it and be originalists all we want and try to dive into it. Um, but ultimately, I mean, I think it was a brilliant thing for the states to have the power to make their own laws. And you're right, you can't 100% trust the states, which is why we have the federal government. But the federal government's only there as a check and balance to make sure that the states don't abuse their rights as defined in the Constitution. I just, yeah, I, I think, yeah, there's, there's a fine line to walk because if you would have left it up, to states, I'd still be in chains right now. So I, I just, you know, I mean, there's a balance to be had. Yeah. <laughs> there's a balance to be had. That's all I'm saying. Um, yeah, let's yeah move you're on, right. This is starting to be in a circle. So yeah, let's move yep. on, please. Yeah. Um, Jose, you have um, any more questions? Yeah, I mean, like, I think we more or less covered, like, uh, it might be bold. Uh, Kyle, we kind of discussed. Uh, eventually your hope that there's going to be a kind of a, a third party emergence um, in the next uh, I feel like decade 20 years like in the time frame of our life um, that you were kind of interested in seeing um, coming out of the Republican side of things but maybe so bold so that's what I kind of like wrapping up the, that bit of the question yeah so I, I, I don't think I got to that we got a little bit sidetracked but uh, bit. yeah <laughs> But, um, yeah, I get my, my thing there was like, yeah, basically there's a good chance that the Republican party, as I was talking about, like our best bet is to re, you know, refocus and reorganize and go for, uh, basically winning midterm elections. Um, but I do think that there is definitely a fractured party. Uh, and I think that, you know, there's a lot of divide amongst both parties. You have Within the Democratic Party, you have progressives and then like more moderates, and uh, they kind of go at each other's throats a little bit, even though they still tend to vote party lines. And I don't think the Republican Party is any different. You have like more libertarians and diehard conservatives, with the libertarians be being more centrists, like the moderates. Um, and I think I think a lot of people I talk to, uh, even people on the left side of the aisle, tend to have more libertarian viewpoints. And I, I just, I know in my lifetime we're going to see a third party. I'm not 100% sure what that third party will be. But I think there's a strong likelihood that basically the Democratic moderates and the libertarians on the right could converge into sort of a libertarian slash moderate uh, party. I think that could be something we see in our lifetime. But uh, it definitely looks like that with the political climate, I mean, the majority of our country doesn't identify as Republican or Democrat. Um, even the even the majority of voters. So I think within our lifetime, we're going to see a third party. And frankly, I think uh, I think we need it because just party loyalty and party affiliation. 
there's Republicans and Democrats that don't vote for good policy they support because it wasn't the policy of their party. Right. And I mean, even like I would say, like we discussed prior to this a little bit, but like even as far as the last election um, was concerned, yes, a lot of people came out as Democrats to vote like Democratic, like, but a greater majority, I would believe, voted to just get Trump out of office, myself included. I mean, like, I'm not a, I do not support really the Democratic Party. Um, I support individuals who happen to be on the Democratic ticket, i.e. Bernie Sanders. Um, but I would not say, uh, as a pro- as a progressive, I would not say I support the DNC, especially the way they treated my boy Bernie in the past primary. Like, yo, why you got to do Bernie like that again? But <clears throat> yeah, like essentially, I would say. Uh, along that that's that same thought process you're not incorrect i think that a lot of us have a situation where um i mean it's it's true of leftists that we're the biggest critics of leftists um i would say republicans can tend to be that same way because if you lean even slightly to the left i'm sure um even when even when this podcast gets uh uploaded that there's going to be people that hear it that might be more of a Trump supporter, the people who think the lasers come from space by the Jews um, kind of people that are going to be like, how dare you say like anything that is slightly progressive in the social sense of the word. Like they're very diehard people. So like the splinter, um, I definitely see that being much more prevalent um, rolling into uh, the 2022 uh, midterms and absolutely 2024 uh presidential election um for sure absolutely can i, can I ask um, you a question kyle yeah go ahead i'm because i'm curious um and i know i know you don't but uh, i'm gonna ask you this anyway <laughs> um so what do you think about uh the uh the q right wing uh, uh, how deep does the rabbit hole go uh i i think where is dangerous is like we were talking about uh, you know green out of georgia and it's like she's the only like there was two i think QAnon supporters who kind of got into office and uh there's a lot of crazy rhetoric about you know her background and like i was talking to jose about this and uh you know like she did have his his laser remark he just made has to do with like this conspiracy theory where she thought um, they were like summoning lasers from the sun and starting wildfires in California that she tweeted out like a year before she even got into office. Um, and I, I mean, I really don't think in politics in general, right or left, there's any room for that sort of craziness. Uh, and there's a lot of there's a lot of Republicans who are QAnon people to one extent or the other. Some people are just as innocent as there's a swamp. And I think everyone on the right and the left agree there's a swamp, you know, there's corruption in politics. But a lot of people, I mean, people get as crazy as to be like, you know, there's a cabal of satanic pedophiles who eat children under DC. And it's like, that stuff's crazy. And there's no room for it in a officially elected official. Um, So if, I mean, I, like I'm, I told Jose, I'm going to give Green the benefit of the doubt until I see like hard evidence. But you know, it's it's the rhetoric is starting to look like this is, is her insanity is pretty legitimate. Um, but I, I will reserve like 
scrutiny until I see it's for sure. But if it is for sure, I mean, it's definitely dangerous. And the QAnon thing is just is crazy. It's it's like flat Earth society. It just uh, I, I, it just doesn't resonate with me, and I can't believe people buy into a lot of this stuff. Um, can you can you uh, just answer me one more question? Because no I really I really need to know this, and maybe you can like. I don't know how many Republicans you know, but like, maybe you can help me out here. Like, is 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 like, <laughs> it's not most of you, right? Like, most of y'all <laughs> are pretty sane, right? Like, right, can so you please a, just let me know? Yeah, that's a very that's a very fair question, honestly. So ever since, and Jose can attest to this because we're we're friends on yeah. Facebook and stuff. And ever since the like day after election night when some of the conspiracy not even QAnon, but just conspiracy in general started to come out a lot of the like a lot of republicans recognized yeah trump lost you know uh i was pretty confident on election night when he had a lead he lost i and i was my brother's a democrat and we were talking and he thought trump won and i was like i wouldn't be so confident you know but when when it started to uh come out like the next day a lot of conspiracy a lot of the republicans kind of just kind of got quiet but that man that silence was completely absorbed with conspiracy from the really loud voices uh i would say no uh you know uh, granted there's not polling out on it yet i don't think but i would say no the majority of republicans everybody i work with pretty much 90 percent at least is republican People I've, I hang out with on a personal basis, again, 90% Republican. I have some Democrat friends, um, but almost everyone's Republican, and almost everyone I talk to thinks it's it's crazy, you know? There might be, uh, you know, some, like, a, a small story, which they might believe, which seems legitimate, you know, but, and the conspiracy theorists still blow that out of proportion. But, no, it's, I would say it's a small majority, but they have the loudest voice. Yeah, that's that's what I've because uh, we we have a crazy cabal on the left too. It's it's the the, the people who constantly think everybody's an FBI agent. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, um, thank thanks for uh, coming on the show, man. I uh, I uh, I enjoyed arguing with you. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I appreciate it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I think like I said, I was saying to you guys before the podcast started. You know, I think. Obviously, it's going to get a little emotional. I mean, mm-hmm. I talked to Jose before, and you know, we really wanted to try to avoid abortion, with the exception of me just trying to throw it in there as something I believe is, uh, you know. And I, I knew it was going to get kind of sidetracked. It's a very emotional thing, but mm-hmm. I think everybody here still was. You know, we were very civil. I think it was a great opportunity to come on and just, you know, have a discussion across the aisle and you know get to know each other with and show people that we can have these kind of conversations. So, thank you so much, guys, yeah, for having me. Can I ask one last quick question? Um, because uh-huh. it's just something that like we discussed before, and in this like moving into the like we could be just discussing elections and we were discussing like people that are coming up. Um, but coming like the 2022 and the 2024 elections, uh, Kyle, like who are some people you might be interested in seeing? Like in the specifically more let's like go let's just say the 2024 uh, uh, presidential elections. Yeah. So. Uh... Yeah, this is one we've discussed, and I would, uh, I'd like to see, honestly, my biggest thing that I would really prefer to see is people getting into politics, which aren't lifelong politicians. You know, like, one of the things I'm for is term limits. I think we need more people to kind of bring in a realistic, I mean, that's what the House of Representatives is for. A lot of Republicans get mad that 
AOC was a bartender and now she's in the house. But that's ultimately that's what the house is designed for. It's real people. So I'd like to see more regular people get involved with politics from diverse backgrounds, police officers, doctors, military, nursing, not just lifetime lawyers, um, at least in the House of Representatives. As far as like main ticket, a, a dream of mine would be someone uh, he's in the political sphere, but he's not a politician. I'd like to see Ben Shapiro. I think he's a he's a brilliant man. Oh, but, boy. Uh, yeah, I, I, told, I told Jose I'm not going to get any support there. Not going to get any tears. Nope. I, I, I like I like the man. I mean, as far as a libertarian, I mean, I, I think he's a he's a great libertarian. Um, I mean, he for, entertains the hell out of me, but yeah, I don't well, think it's for the same reasons. Yeah, go ahead, very, man. He's a very controversial character. I don't know how much I don't know what it would look like if he ran, but uh, I think I mean he'd he'd have my support. I think, and then uh, I think it'd be very interesting to see like out of people who are currently in politics i think it would be very interesting to see somebody like dan crenshaw make the leap um uh, again he has previously expressed that he wouldn't do that but then in 2020 his you know his constituents sheared 2024 and he said hey the people have spoken so you know you might see the guy on the ticket and then uh other people that i think we're likely to see again not necessarily do i support them but we're likely to see you know in 2024 would be like ted cruz marco rubio mitt romney Rand paul uh, I I think they're all Mitt going Romney. to. You think Mitt? Man, I think, no, Mitt I don't. Ro Mitt Romney is a dead man walking. I told Jose that right before the podcast started. Yeah. I said he's he's dead in the water. I said, but I wouldn't be surprised if he throws his name in the hat. You know, um, I don't support I I don't support Mitt Romney. I I just think you're going to see these people. Out of all those people I just said, Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, Mitt Romney, uh, Rand Paul. Uh, the only one I really kind of support would be like Ted Cruz, but I don't really agree with him on everything. Uh, but I think it'd be, I, you know, I think he could stir it up a bit. I think he stands a chance. Um, and then I just think people to keep our eyes on in the future from the Republican side of the aisle are uh, like John Thune, who was the majority whip from South Dakota, Josh Howley from Missouri, uh, Brian Fitzpatrick from PA's First, former FBI agent. He was actually... Um, He's actually a great one too. I like again. I don't really agree with him on a lot of things, but he uh, he was vote ranked the third most bipartisan member of the House using like based off the bipartisan index. Um, I don't agree. He's not super strong on Second Amendment. Don't really like that. And he's open for some socialist policy. So I really think you're going to see him kind of bridge the gap between parties in the coming years. Um, and then, you know, I mean, I have to give an honorable mention to a couple Democrats who I think really earned my respect. Um, Tulsi Gabbard, uh, she's a moderate, so it's probably not a surprise that out of the Democrats, I support her. Uh, <laughs> she's a moderate. Sorry for laughing. Sorry for laughing. No, yeah, she's pretty much, she's almost a Republican. She's so moderate. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but, and then yeah, all a little bit more surprising, probably Andrew Yang. Uh, one, I... <laughs> I respect the hell out of the guy. He's the only Democrat that would take up Ben Shapiro's offer to go on his uh, Sunday special and get interviewed. Thought he did a great job. Uh, someone like myself is not very open to things like a universal basic income. And me and Jose had a good laugh at this because when he first presented this like theory of like, oh, I'm gonna give every American $1,200 a year. I was like, yeah, no, okay. And uh, how are we gonna do that, right? Uh, and then here we and go during literally. here we go during the pandemic and we get twelve hundred dollar checks. So it's like, mm. uh, but I think Andrew Yang presented. He had a incredibly unique and new and innovative approach to how we can structure our government. 
and he had a unique approach to how to handle problems. Um, and basically his whole need for a universal basic income was the evolving tech industry and yeah. eventually being automated. So I thought he was a genius guy. I thought he was very, I mean, he earned yeah, my he, he was probably my, my third choice for, for president. I, I think it was, it was uh, if I had to rank it, it would be Bernie first. Uh, uh, it might have been Yang second, and then third would be would be a distant third would be Elizabeth Warren. But yeah, yeah. I would say Warren. Warren <laughs> isn't as high as people would like to think that she is. I mean, specifically because you can walk in there and like try to feign a lot of your uh, progressive stuff, but like you're you're only progressive in so many ways, and you're very specifically like democrat leaning in like even with education when she was just like eh, I, I can fold <laughs> i can easily fold like don't fold that's the whole point it's not to fold yeah. but um but yeah no honestly andrew was definitely up there because i think a lot of people myself included um he was trying to play the game outside of politics um like addressing social issues addressing like the, the problems and thinking of ways to move forward with um with possibilities of how to fix them without necessarily trying to play and get bogged down in the political game too too much mm-hmm. hey guys can, can i ask you all a question just out of curiosity before we take off here i know we've been going mm-hmm. over an hour here so mm-hmm. uh i kind of said where i thought the republican party was going and then where it could likely go down the line just curious uh you know obviously we're in a pretty uh kind of crazy time the president's 78 years old um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know that he's running. I I really doubt he's going to run again uh, in twenty twenty four. Yeah. So, where do you guys see the Democratic Party going in the future here? Uh, man. Yeah, Jay, you want to go? Yeah, yeah, I'll go first. Um, well, I, I can tell you one thing. Um, if the Democrats don't, you know, actually start helping people instead of helping their donors all the fucking time. They're, they're going to lose in the in the midterms. I can tell you that much. Um, I think the Democratic Party as a whole, a lot of these old people are getting ready to, you know, check. So, uh, and they don't have replacements for any of them. I'm talking about like your Chuck Schumer's and your your uh, your Diane Feinstein's, Maxine Waters. All these people are getting really old. And, and uh, so pretty soon the face of the party, the people you think of when you think of the Democratic Party, it won't be Nancy Pelosi. It won't be Chuck Ooh. Schumer anymore. The the people who are next in line are, are the people in the squad. Your, your Ilhan Omar is received to lead, you know, Premier Jai Paul, AOC. Those are the people who are going to lead the party. So I, I do think, I, I know a lot of leftists don't want to hear it, but like, I do think uh, progressive future is on the horizon because a lot of these old guard politicians are going to age out, <laughs> you know, and yeah. you know a lot of them are like pushing eighty, so they can't stay in the office forever. So I think a, a progressive future. I mean, even if we got to drag the Democratic Party kicking and screaming, uh, I think it's going <laughs> to happen eventually. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see the party move. I, I think they're already kind of getting bulldogged into it, so I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised to see them move that direction. I mean, they fighting. They're, they're really fighting. Don't get me oh, wrong. Yeah. Like I, I just, I, and uh, I, I also believe that we really do need a third party. Um, 
as far as the left goes because you know again the democrats aren't really left they're, they're like more centrist than anything but um as far as the left left the left goes i really do think we need a third party outside of the democratic party because um it's just we are moving toward a a progressive future but it's not happening fast enough for me right. uh, we're, we're still you know fighting tooth and nail with you know corporate democrats and i i really like i'm really sick to my stomach at this point but uh in order to get a third party you actually have to win some local elections and yeah. until the left actually learns that and, and stop you know banking everything on the the green party ticket winning the presidency because that's not going to happen <laughs> um you know that's just where we are but as far as the the, the democrats go uh yeah I, I i i think the nancy pelosi's of the world held on to power for too long and i think they're gonna get aged out pretty soon go ahead jose oh yeah no basically kind of like similar to your um statements but also like how i can explain to people like specifically progressive people like why then if you believe all these things why would you vote for, for biden and like listen this is like, the reason why i voted this past election the way i voted was something i said before to two other progressives it was to live to fight another day because it was a way to keep progressive move like the person movement alive progressive mentality alive without it being immediately killed at the door legitimately speaking i hate to constantly constant reference this but like if what the capital uh attack was shown is, is these people are very much willing to try to kill that which they do not agree with um in such a way that they were even chanting uh what is it hang mike pence so in that sense like we desperately need to move face things in a progressive way because forgive me but conservative politics because conservative mentality is just not where it where where it's at i'm sorry like i hate to say it like so bluntly but this country is i think past conservatism um as as a whole because it's the, the social differences even the social economic differences that conservatism thinks they want um I could spend a whole hour just breaking up conservatives because they, because they will eat themselves alive as well. And that's even something you mentioned earlier, Kyle, which is like if they don't well, eat themselves I mean, alive. Yeah, the entire establishment is, you know, they're, they're really, <laughs> they're, they're, they're fucking themselves, really, because they're not really helping anybody during during a pandemic, during a, right. a economic crisis. They're not doing shit for people. And yeah, yeah, you, you, you're fucking yourself. You really are. And like moving forward with people, like people, I, I, it's it's crazy to see that people still still give AOC so much crap today, and people still give Ilhan Omar so crap today. And specifically, Ilhan Omar, they give her crap that like she's the def, for, especially people on the forgive me, Kyle, but people on your side of the aisle love to give her crap when she's specifically a refugee turned American citizen turned public uh, elected official, like could not be more quote unquote American dream if she literally tried. Um, what she did and, and, and uh, quote unquote achieved, I don't believe that that, that mentality. That's like like basically a philosophy that I don't necessarily adhere to because it's just it's such bullcrap. But if you were going to use some an example, beautiful example, and where the party's going is that direction. Like it's it's never going to be. And where conservatism, I get, I, I definitely get on this case a lot. Is this idea that like, and even some liberals, um, 
get in this this mindset of this like, well, we want diversity, but not so much. Like, no, like they're like we're only going to get more diverse, not only in our actual physical like and like, like ethnic diversity, but in our actual political diversity. Which what's helping pull the party forward in progressive movement is because you do have people like Bernie Sanders of the old guard who believe a lot of things that the, the new guard is going to be uh, champion for sure. But like Bernie Warren and uh, what's his face? Um, oh my gosh, I just lost his name. Um, like Andrew Yang, even like are only going to be able to pull it so far. Like the next thing the progressives really need to do is solidify like a reason to vote for them. Because one of the things that like I would love to I love to quote all the time is from the newsroom speech which is a hysterical if you ever saw the first episode of newsroom is like if, if, if liberals are so effing smart why do they lose so so freaking always and it's because unfortunately we get lost in our own crap but i'm hoping to see in the next next four years that we come to the table um with significantly more solidified progressive movement that it that it isn't so much a pipe dream to like have some level of universe universal health care that actually does something that is not some pipe dream to have uh basically again expanded education and people i love to say it like that because it's people that like oh my gosh i don't want i don't want universal uh public education i.e public schools like that sounds stupid to me like you know the thing that we all went to like we all went to public school yeah that thing you hate it so much okay um but like having an expansion of that into college specifically um at least a, a, a four-year college if not um potentially a little further um that's that's my own personal opinion um and being able to get those things done in the next four to like eight years specifically i would like to see um a and again i'm not democratic social i'm not, I'm not a democratic loyalist um but i would like to see a break from that that two-party debacle that we're constantly always stuck in because that made the last few elections a literal nightmare um for a lot of people, like it literally caused a whole nation worth of anxiety, as if if nothing else, because of the, well, I either vote for this guy or vote for this woman who I'm not a huge fan of either. I either vote for this guy or also this other guy, again, not huge fan of, versus really voting for people we actually who support and actually have that true option. And why we need that so much is because these things the democrats need to get done but i'm not holding my breath to see it get done in the next couple years because if we know anything about politics and how they function they go so far they get so much done and then they kind of fall beholden to their corporate donors and so on and so forth so all right i think i think that just about does it um all right thanks again uh it's it's been a pleasure having you on. Um, thanks very much. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Kyle. Yep. All right. Okay, I think that's it. Uh, this has been the Burn It Down podcast for Kyle Beatty, for Jose Ro- Roxas. Yep. For Olivia Seaman. I'm Jay Hezekiah. We'll see you later, guys. Solidarity forever. Peace.